0: Hello Docalur, you're listening to the Documenteers Podcast, the greatest podcast about documentaries in the universe. My name is Bob Sham and I'm usually the primary host, but Angela is hosting for our Pride Month celebration because I am currently standing outside of the airport in Los Angeles and now I'm waiting for my ride service to show up. It's being sent by the podcast Illuminati, of which I am being accepted into their ranks, I assume. By the time you hear this, the documentaries will be on top of the iTunes charts. I'm making all the intros I can right now. This episode, I believe, features Angela and Nikhil discussing Mala Mala, which is a film from 2014 about transgender Puerto Ricans at all levels and philosophies of transgenderism. It is directed by Antonio Santini and Dan Sickles. I'm, uh, folks be glad this podcast is audio only format because there's a dude across the pickup lot that is staring at me and pantomiming fellatio and now he's mimicking licking balls. Fucking weird. I'll just face another way. This episode was recorded in two sessions from what I understand because he kill had a coughing thing. Not sure what that was about. He probably had a pube in the back of his throat. That's just a theory. We feature one song in this episode, and it's called "Metele" by the band Buscabula, who is from NYC by way of Puerto Rico. I'll link the song in the show notes. The video, or one of them anyway, is directed by the same folks who directed this documentary.
1: Hey, girl.
0: Next week, we quadruple our queen count, with a documentary that is a cultural cornerstone, possibly the most culturally relevant documentary discussed on this show to date. Angela and Ginger hit up the 1990 cornerstone film, Paris is Burning, and it is one to celebrate as pride month rolls forth. Hey girl. What the fuck? Hey girl. Are you talking to me? Can you say bling bling? Man, where is this car service? I gotta get out of here. Keep on docking. Can you say bling bling? No, thank you. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel.
2: The outside of my body might say something, but the inside of my soul is a female, so... You are your essence. Some people look at me and say, "Is that a woman? Is that a man? Is that an alien? What the hell is that?" <laughs> I say, "Honey, whatever. It, whatever you want me to be, you know I guess I'm a little bit of everything.
3: It right in front of my face, so like that's all. Yeah. Speaking of uh hi Akeel.
1: Hi Angela.
3: How's it going?
1: I'm tired. Me <laughs> too. It's been a long day. It's been Ooh, a long week.
3: It's been a very long week. Yeah. It's been one week since you looked at me. Your head to the side and said, I'm angry. Too long of a week. Especially because I, I don't know if you know about this, but Bobby's been gone.
1: Well, I mean, I know he's not here tonight.
3: Yeah, he's not here tonight, which I know is super weird because the plan was that he would be here but not here and, like, you know, make us do a bunch of ridiculous testing and then, like, watch me punch the buttons to know that I punched the buttons right.
1: Standard Bobby fair.
3: But he's not here, and that is because we were in here the other night recording a shorty, and all of a sudden he hands me this letter that's apparently from something called the Podcast Illuminati.
1: That's not a real thing.
3: That's what I said. And it was this letter and like inviting him to come out to California. And I don't know, like, I guess meet these people. And it was signed by, no joke. Well, I mean, allegedly signed by people like Mark Marin. the game. And Sarah Koenig.
1: Just tell me the facts, ma'am. Did you have the uh, signatures authenticated?
3: I mean, I didn't because he took the letter with him because the, what I'm, he left. So I don't, he believed it.
1: That seems like a very, uh, that's a giant leap of faith to take. I know. Did he talked to them like he just got the letter and. He just
3: got a letter and then. So
1: he, he didn't bother contacting them or anything? Not that see? I'm
3: aware of because he was like, I got this letter and there's a lift coming to pick me up. He was like, "Bye." I don't even think he kissed me, and he just left because he thinks he's going to be part of this podcast Illuminati and be all famous or whatever.
1: It's weird that you mentioned that because I got a voicemail today from him.
3: He called you?
1: Well, he called me at work, which was weird. I didn't even realize he had my work number, but I was super I, busy. I, I didn't even think about Aunt responding because it's just he obvious, hasn't even so called me.
3: He hasn't even called me. What did he say? I
1: don't. I haven't mean, I even listened to it yet. Do you want? It, do you want? Yeah, to yeah. Please.
3: Okay. Here, just play it. the fuck is that it yeah that's it that doesn't even sound like words that sounds like
1: like he was going down on a bee <laughs>
3: <What>? <laughs> i
1: mean it did <laughs> is that a thing
3: no i mean i don't think so i mean i
1: know we're doing everything we can to increase the bee population right now <laughs> we need our pollinators <laughs> The science is there.
3: Oh, my God. I don't know. I think California is going through a super bloom right now. Did you
1: tell what he was saying? No. I I can't make that out. I have
3: no idea. I'm going to try to call him again after we record. I, honest to God, don't know what's happening. And he was talking about, like, going to spend our savings. What savings? (laughs) I don't know where he's getting any money to even get out there. I don't know if they bought him a plane ticket. I don't know when he's coming back. I don't know what's happening. I'm afraid that he's gone to California and he's joined a cult and I'm never going to see him again. And then I'll have to start a podcast about how I was left for a cult.
1: That'd be a really good podcast, though. I mean,
3: it would. Plus, I'm really great at hosting, as you'll find out as we keep recording. So,
1: well, I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> the episode that you and Jeremy did together. Oh I yeah! I was super jealous that I, I mean, could not it was supposed to be here for that episode. You. I know, but life but. shit happens, and. I'm glad it worked out the way it did because oh yeah that was it couldn't have been more perfect like I know Jeremy was the perfect person yeah podcast Jeremy's
3: coming back this month to talk with me about a documentary called for the Bible tells me so which I think will be good he'll be here in a couple weeks nice yeah and I'm excited about it because I do think that was really fun I think that was a really good fun one for me to do first because. You know, this most recent one that I watched was Matt Shepard is a friend of mine with Brian. Brian recorded with me. Nice. Yeah. The, the
1: documenteer uh it's it's expanding like yeah. the number of documenteers is that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I put Jeremy up on the website a couple weeks ago cuz we knew he was going to come back and do more stuff and then so I need to get Brian up there. You know Brian also designed all the little heads on the website. No, I didn't on know. On the know ratings, that. well, Bobby found the pictures and then Brian like made them little floaty heads for me. <laughs> it's very cool. Um yeah, check out uh, documenteerspodcast.com guys cuz I out. put that shit together.
1: If you want to know the face that goes with this luscious voice that you hear on a semi-regular basis, that's where you need to go. Yep. Check me out. Sorry, ladies. Already spoken for.
3: <laughs> okay, so let's get into this. Akil, you came over and we watched Mala Mala. Yes. Is that the correct pronunciation?
1: I am not sure.
3: Me neither. I.
1: I feel like that's the only <laughs> way you could really pronounce it. It's spelled M M A L A M A L A Times two.
3: They never say it in the documentary. I'm not exactly even sure what it directly references. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I
1: didn't even think about, like, what does that actually mean? Mala Mala. Mala
3: translate in English bad. Really? Yeah, I, I actually guess Mal- think I M-A-L. knew that. I know Mall meant bad, but yeah. I thought maybe Mala meant something different. There's a game reserve In Kruger National Park called Mala Mala.
1: Probably Um, not related.
3: This documentary came out in 2014 and is directed by Antonio Santini and Dan Sickles. I noticed at the very end that it's produced by Dan Sickles (laughs) and Antonio Santini. They
1: did the flip. Yeah. (laughs) It's only fair.
3: (laughs) I thought that was pretty cute. This documentary takes place in Puerto Rico and we meet five or six Maybe more? Definitely more. more, But they kind of focus on... Yeah. They focus on about five transgender people in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But you meet so many more people around them. I love this documentary, how everything just seems very easy. And it goes from like one story into the next, and one scene into the next. And it's just very straightforward. It is. There's not a lot of fancy transitions or...
1: Or any kind of... You know, archived video, or I mean, yeah, it's no,
3: yeah, it's all like this is what's it's happening all right, this moment, right in
1: that moment, yeah.
3: And the only words that ever come up on the screen are names of people, mm-hmm. and then sometimes locations. If and, they and it will
1: tell them who they are in relation to the person, the the transgender person that's being focused on, like if it's the the house mother, oh yeah, for yes. the yes. dollhouse, that kind of stuff, like it, or someone's designer or hair like it tells you what they do in relation to that person but that's really all you get
3: when we meet pax i think it does say that that's his girlfriend yeah so yeah we do meet these people and then people also in their lives to kind of set the scene at the beginning it's different people putting on makeup walking around on the street getting ready to go out or go work we see who will later learn to be ivana driving around handing out condoms to prostitutes. They do call them prostitutes in this documentary. Which I which is appreciate. what I wrote it. down it's, a couple of times.
1: I mean, I guess sex worker is the politically correct.
3: Yeah, people try to say sex worker more now. And part of that is just because the stigma of prostitute, it's sort of like one of those things where there's nothing wrong with being a prostitute. But the word itself has been stigmatized to be something negative. And so, there's been sort of this movement to say sex worker instead of prostitute. But we may say prostitute in here. That's the language that they're using. They also don't always say transgender. They say transsexual a whole lot, which I don't hear that much. A
1: lot of it, I think, is cultural. Yeah. I I feel, I mean, you you definitely got a sense that they, that in Puerto Rico, they're sort of comparing, I guess, to the U.S. and some other Western countries. They're a little behind the curve as far Mm -hmm. as that some of that stuff is concerned. So, the You can't really apply the politically correct terms, the terminology we have become accustomed to in the past five years or whatever. Cause, exactly. yeah, It was made five years ago, so things could have changed since then. We don't exactly. know. Exactly.
3: They were definitely filming in 2013, and then the documentary was released in 2014. We meet Sandy really early on. <laughs> I just looked down at my notes and saw booty shots, dick pics. <laughs> but guys... God- <laughs> Sandy's getting ready to go to work. Sandy's going to go work. And her phone starts going off. And she looks and she's like, who is this person? Oh, shit. You see it? Oh, no. And she's all like, this booty pimply. I don't want. (laughs) That's
1: nasty looking all the pimples and everything. It looks like syphilis or herpes.
3: (laughs) I'm not calling him to come over. Then it showed this dick pic and it was like, She's like, what is that, fungus?
4: Is, that's nasty, looking all the black shit over here.
1: Why do you call that, fungus? <laughs> what is that black <laughs> thing?
3: <laughs> sort of refreshing that it was just right there and she was just talking about it.
1: There's always this, like, I don't know, people always tend to think of sex workers in this very tragic sense, which is an easy thing to do because the circumstances a lot of times sort of lend to that. Sure. But at the same time, like, I like the that scene sort of gave you this... It can't just made it, made it really just, I don't know, just like run-of-the-mill, like a normal, it normalized it. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. made it, it's just part of the job. It's like us getting an email about something that's yeah. stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, and it's I just like It's part that. of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then she's just laughing, like, yeah. I'm not doing this. And then you see her get in the car, and she kisses her boyfriend goodbye. Yeah. Who For we the do record, get to meet later.
1: It was a pretty gross butt. It looked like syphilis.
3: It was a pretty gross butt. <laughs> yeah,
1: I wouldn't take a picture of that. You have to recognize, you have to be able to look at, there are parts of my body I can look at, and I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't photograph that and send it to somebody.
3: I mean, they had filters in 2014, didn't they? Do they 2013?
1: have butt pimple filters? I have yet to see that filter I mean, on you Instagram. just put like a
3: glow on there or something, and <laughs> it like
1: smooths things out.
3: You gotta, if you're gonna flaunt it, you gotta sometimes. Guys, put filters on your butts. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Cover up the fungus on your penis. <laughs> No one wants or just to see listen, that. you
3: know what, wash your dick you I don't go. know, just wash your yeah. dick And then take a Soap photo. And water.
1: <laughs> or listen, basic. how
3: about don't send Unsolicited dick pics to anyone ever Yeah. Or unsolicited butt pics Or boob pics, just don't do it <laughs> Nobody needs to open their phone And see anybody's body parts the Don't even send people your elbow clavicle They don't want okay. clavicle okay with
1: a clavicle pic I
3: mean okay, sure Yeah. Little ear Ear pics Toes start getting weird.
1: Mm, yeah, I'm not I'm not down with the toe stuff.
3: <laughs> so then um then the movie starts introducing itself. You know, the name comes up and the names of all the people who are working on the documentary start showing. And again, it's just images of dancing and performing and partying. And there is a lady who has pasties on, but she's also wearing pasties on her shoulders. <laughs> So shoulder pasties is my new favorite thing. (laughs) I think she
1: may have had pasties on her butt cheeks.
3: Oh, I'm sure. Have you ever seen like a burlesque dancer with pasties on their butt cheeks? No. Whoa, twirling them around just like you would on boobs. Like no joke, it's pretty cool. But the shoulders—that's
1: an interesting. The shoulders. I was like, I mean, I
3: get it. You could just start like rolling. I mean, sure, you guys can tell by the way I'm sounding right now that I'm rolling my shoulders.
1: Awesome shoulder roll. The way that I
3: would if I had on pasties. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um,
1: and then there was the one, my personal favorite, who did the air splits. And then she just threw herself into the air. Like she just thrust herself yes. up forward in the air and it just landed face down.
3: I have never seen that move. <laughs> it was brilliant. She was also like throwing her wig off. Oh, like yeah. she was like everything. She was feeling it. She was giving it up.
1: A lot of emotion on that face.
3: I guess we could just talk about these people. So, Ivana, I mentioned he gives out the condoms. Mm-hmm. She uh, talks about how she's Puerto Rican, but she was made in Ecuador.
1: Yeah, that was because (laughs) she's had
3: she's had her work done in Ecuador, and And, she was
1: gorgeous.
3: I mean, I mean, I just don't know that anyone would ever no one would have ever
1: clocked her as being transgender. Never,
2: yeah.
3: But she is a very outspoken transgender advocate. She talks at one point. Well, they show her going on talk shows and things, and she said, you know, if anybody's ever talking about transgender transsexual issues she wants to be there so that she can kind of give them what they want as far as like yeah look at how beautiful i am i'm a transgender woman but then she gets what she wants and that she gets to say to them here's what's really going on with this community and here's why we need help and like educating slowly right this community about the trans community she could be a model
1: Yeah. She didn't say she was, but she
3: could be a model.
1: One of the things I liked about this documentary was that it's all filmed in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So it's really focusing on specifically that culture and how that culture deals with transgender people. Yeah. And where they are within the community. And so you sort of got like these different perspectives. Mm Mm-hmm from all people who were part of that community but you've got you know the one group of people that are sex workers and you've got the other group that have gone more into the drag queen aspect right. and have tried to make a living doing it that way mm-hmm. uh, and then you get someone like the older people in the transgender community there's almost a de- there's definitely a generational thing yes. as far as how they view themselves and how they see the community um, and you can see there's kind of a, a divide. There' are a little bit of a rift.
3: There definitely is. So we meet Alberic?
1: Yes. I love Regina George. Mean Girls is like my favorite movie. I'm I'm Regina George in 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 the dollhouse. What's his drag name?
3: His drag name is Zahara.
1: Is it Montier?
3: I wrote Montier? Mont- Montier, I think. They I think spelled it different. I- they spelled it different yeah. at the end, and then I doubted myself. But I know I wrote it down the yeah. way they spelled it the first time. So Zahara, we apologize, but also Zahara
1: is no more. Is no more. Yeah, I mean, Alberic no. is still yeah. here.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, Biddy is here <laughs> in the room. He got I did not very mean excited. To imply. No, okay, so Alberic <laughs> is still here, but um, Alberic just no longer does drag. He was really very interesting to me because he talks about how he's born a man, he always wants to be a man.
4: Por los siglos de los siglos, amén. Hasta
1: que yo muera, voy a ser un hombre. But if, if God come here and told me, you have to make your boobs and to uh, be a blonde and this transsexual, fabulous Marilyn Monroe Puerto Rican sensation,
4: I will give. I I will do it.
3: He's an interesting one.
4: Mom, I have to do my boob because God told me that I have to do it.
3: They show him in drag doing a great performance with these men with, like, handprints all over their bodies. It was very fabulous. And then he talks about how he's not part of the trans community, but Zahara is. And I think it's one of those things too, with like the terminology, like the transgender community and the drag community, because yeah. not every person who does drag is a transgender person by any means, but some are.
1: I mean, I would say I wager most drag queens are not are not. Yeah, at most all. are
3: not. But he talks later about how at some point he realized that Zahara was more of an alter ego for him than a completely different person and that it made drag not as fun for him anymore. I guess the fact that it wasn't so much I'm just dressing up as this other person who is this like other persona that I take on. I don't want to speak for any drag queens, but maybe that's more the norm, right? Like I'm going to put on this persona and you can be a different version of yourself or like let things out about yourself that you might not other ways. I've heard that talked about a ton. Like you might be a very shy person, but you put on drag and you are the life of the party. And when he realized it was actually part of himself it kind of made him sad, and then we find out later that he actually stepped away from drag. So I hope he's very happy now.
1: I wonder if
3: he's being a corporate lawyer now. I know, which
1: is hilarious. Yeah, man. great. It seems like it's a it'd be a pretty natural thing if someone is if they're thinking if they're especially if they're young and they're having these feelings about their gender identity. Mm-hmm. It seems like it'd be a natural thing to gravitate towards the drag scene because I mean, where else are you going to see men wearing women's clothes?
3: Yeah. And
1: I could see how those lines could get blurry when that's not really what drag is. Drag is not being transgendered. Drag is a performance.
3: Yeah. Brian and I talked about this too because there are people who do drag on Halloween but would never actually think I should go be a drag queen. Right. But there are people who do drag because they just think it's fun or they just love it they just want to do that and then there are people who are tapping into something else about themselves they may not even realize and even if you're not someone who's a cross dresser or even maybe you don't want to be a drag queen or you're not transgender there can be something freeing and you can tap into like different parts of your personality just by putting on clothes that are not your gender you know yeah it can help you understand things or help you, like, explore things that may not be where you're going.
1: Yeah, I mean, we get so hung up, and they, they say this a lot, how people get so hung up on labels. Yeah. And it's like, if we could just let those labels go, and we're and we're starting to see the very beginnings of that, I think, in the past few years.
3: This youngest generation that is coming up now, like, the people who are teenagers and young 20-somethings right now are sort of doing this whole thing. It's not really like gender fuck necessarily, but it's like, I don't care about your preconceived gender roles. Right. And so what if I'm a girl and I want to wear a suit, but also that doesn't make me gay? It could mean you are, and you could be, but you could also be a gay girl in a dress or a straight boy in a dress. Right. It just doesn't matter as much, and I love that that's happening, but there's still a lot of people who... Don't understand that, unfortunately, I mean, or can't again, even look at it like a, unbiasedly. It's a
1: generational thing. I mean, when yes. you're when you're taught a certain thing growing up, you're kind of hardwired. Even if you recognize on some level that it doesn't really make any sense, mm-hmm. it's still that hardwiring. It's hard to kick.
3: Yeah, and then there's also people who lash out for all sorts of different... That's my stomach. Is That's that- not the dog. I don't know what's happening.
1: <laughs> I looked under the table because I heard the noise and I thought it was pity, but I don't think it's
3: <laughs> picking up on the microphone. But again, sorry, guys. If it is, I'm just hungry,
1: apparently.
3: <laughs> we'll just kind of dump around because who cares? Yeah. That made me think of Sandy's boyfriend. So Sandy at one point is talking about how she met her boyfriend and she saw him at a gas station and she saw the back of him and she immediately was like, I want to get with him, but he's probably going to be a dick, you know? And he was like, she talked about how he used to be homophobic and he would make fun of the girls. Yeah. Until he fell for one. And then he starts talking about how he's actually bisexual and maybe he didn't even know that or wouldn't accept that about himself until he let himself fall for Sandy. And it was just very sweet because, you know, they do talk a lot in this documentary about the different surgeries that you can get and accessibility to those surgeries and whether or not you actually want to do them sandy very fucking candidly and without getting it wasn't super emotional it was just so honest
1: it was just very matter of fact yeah, yeah. she
3: talked about how she she has she has breasts mm-hmm. but she has not gotten her bottom surgery because right now as long as she's still working on the street if she were to get a vagina men would want to penetrate her vagina and she kind of wants to wait until she's in a more stable situation so that when she gets her vagina, it's just hers.
1: Yeah. Which I thought was really sweet. So sweet. Yeah. I
3: just, I, this wasn't an overly emotional documentary. And that's also what I super appreciated about it. But that was one moment where I just went like, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it's like, a, I get that. Yeah, it's a very profound thing. Yeah, of course you want to save that. Yeah, for someone special. Like if you
3: absolutely spent
1: your entire life working toward that that last step to becoming who you truly are. Yeah, why the fuck would you want to just let any old John up in there? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah.
3: And then she immediately goes, but until then, any guy who's with me's got to like what I have.
1: <laughs> and then she looks at her boyfriend. And she goes, "Do you love me?" He's like,
3: with this
1: huge grin on his the face. The
3: cutest. <laughs> the cutest. I really like them a lot.
1: Can we talk for a second about the two older ladies in the documentary? Soraya? Soraya, they didn't give her age Mm because, you know, you never ask a lady's age. No way. If I had to guesstimate, I would say she's probably in her 70s, maybe. Maybe a little older.
3: Could be. Um, Could be late 60s. Late 60s, maybe. Because also, there's a lot of sun happening in these places. This is
1: very true. And I thought about that with the lady.
3: Yeah, when we talk about (laughs) Sophia in a minute, like, she's always got, like, a dark tan happening. And you know it's just from her being on the beach. Yeah. So, don't know. But she's... The older generation yes. of this group. And
1: she's also had some, some work done, and it looked like it was done a fairly long time ago. Cosmetic surgery procedures are different now than they were mm-hmm. in the past, so some of that stuff doesn't necessarily age as well as sure, it would sure. if she had, had some stuff done now. But she, I, I wrote Elder of the Trans Community in yes. PR is what I wrote. And then you've got, um, you just said her name. So, Sophia. Sophia. Who was a transplant from New York. Moved to Puerto Rico because she was told if you want to get laid, because apparently she hadn't been laid in three years. As a man. As a man. Moved to Puerto Rico and you'll get laid. That did not seem to pan out for her, unfortunately.
3: But instead.
1: She's making it work.
3: She's making it work and she found who she is in Puerto Rico. She's very honest, too, in that she still is working on herself so much like she's still not completely confident about everything
1: i really appreciated so there's a conversation that to, that leads up to that conversation mm-hmm. between soraya and ivana which are essentially i mean you can't get any more of a generational gaffe
3: oh yeah and the trans
1: community in that you've got ivana who's like drop dead gorgeous yep um and very young like perfect ideal latino body the mm-hmm. curves the whole thing uh and then you've got you know this older lady from a bygone era and they're just kind of sitting talking about the trans community mm-hmm. and i thought it was interesting that soraya did not identify herself as transsexual she identified herself as a woman
3: as a heterosexual as a heterosexual woman,
1: woman. Mm-hmm. and that sort of brings to light this dichotomy in the community when you're talking about older people because for them it was very much about becoming a woman passing as mm-hmm. a woman being accepted as a woman and more recently that shift has been to being accepted as a transgender woman or a transgender man like identifying yourself as transgender yeah. versus as a man or as a woman which i personally think is a great thing i think that embracing that that's part of who you are yes and you should embrace that i i feel like rather than trying to peg yourself into another hole that might not necessarily be right for you like it's okay yeah. to. You should be proud to be transgender. I I feel like
3: I agree one hundred percent. I kind of want to read her book. She's written a book.
1: Yeah, at I'm this curious point. about that too.
3: Because she does say something that makes me think she's seen some stuff that changed her opinions about it. Because she said something along the lines of she'd known people who said that they were transsexual and then started that transition. But then as soon as they stopped looking like a beautiful Barbie doll, as soon as they weren't as young anymore, they flipped back. Right. I don't know who those kind of people are. No passing judgment on them. I don't know their stories. I don't know what she's talking about. But maybe she had people in her life who did take it lightly. Yeah. And she rejected against that. Who knows? She talks a lot about gender dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. which isn't the essence of transgender people. I mean, that's the whole thing of it. Which is why it's so interesting that she doesn't recognize that it's the same. I know, like she recognizes yeah. that it's the same, but she tries to separate it, which did make me sad. And
1: she kept saying, Are you a beauty queen? Yeah, or are and, you um, a woman?
3: I wanted Ivana to question her more and push her a little more but yeah. i really got the feeling that it was a respect thing right. and she wasn't going to of and i also appreciate that yeah. i appreciate the fact that like i want to spend time with you and i do want to have this conversation with you so i'm obviously not going to offend you right we're in the same corner mm-hmm. whether we look at it differently or not and i think that's important but i did i did want her to push a little bit and ask a few of those questions because it was almost like she doesn't take the younger generation as seriously. Yeah, I kinda got that. Because sense they're too. so outspoken.
1: I think that there's an un there's an inability on her on her side to be able to recognize that it's ironic that she is falling right into the same black and white mm-hmm. mindset that people on the other side
3: are fighting against are fight- right now. Where, yeah, yeah. So it's
1: like you're either a man or you're a woman and she's unable to recognize that there's this wide range on the spectrum. As far mm-hmm. as gender and sexuality and how you identify. I, I just thought that was super ironic.
3: So Sophia talks a lot about passing and how she wants to be a daytime queen. So she doesn't want to just come out at night. Sandy talks about that. You know, that transgender people
0: kind of hide during the during day. The day. Yeah, yeah, they're like that.
3: <laughs> they kind of hide during the day and they dress up and come out at night. The difference is Sophia doesn't want anyone to know that she's not a woman. Like you said. She wants to go places and not turn heads. She wants to go to the grocery store and nobody think about it. Oh, that's right. just another lady. Who cares? That's what she wants. Sandy and Ivana are really looking to be seen as they are, how they are, yeah. and accepted regardless of where they are. And that's just how it should be. Right. Yeah. There's also nothing wrong with saying, I just want to, I just want, I am a woman and I just want to live as a woman and I just want to have a normal life. Cool. Cool. We go to the dollhouse. The dollhouse is a drag house. And Bebo is the mother. Bebo! Bebo! And Bebo talks about how she found April On. Now, those of you who know RuPaul's Drag Race... We'll remember April Carrion from season six. April Carrion was on RuPaul's. She made it to episode four.
1: How many episodes during the a season?
3: Uh, I don't know. There's like 12 or 13 queens. That's the year Bianca Del Rio won. Oh, okay. That was the year of Adore Delano. That was an insane year.
1: I'm hearing the words.
3: It's totally cool. It's totally <laughs> cool that you don't know who these people are, but (laughs) they are superheroes. And so, especially like Bianca Del Rio. Hello. She's like... I
1: know she's one of your favorites.
3: Oh, I love her so much. But anyway, we see a very young April Carrion who is talking about everybody wants to go on RuPaul's Drag Race. That's just what you want to do. And they show a little bit of April's audition video... A little odd it's like yeah. swinging in a swing doing it also a looks sing. like it was
1: filmed on a VHS camcorder of like yeah. 1988
3: <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it wasn't April's maybe it was someone else's maybe. but then again you know those first few years of Drag Race all had a very shiny like yeah, weird did. glow I, to I it I did see
1: the first couple of seasons
3: so, <laughs> yeah. it's like
1: everyone was shot through that filter they used on a uh, Sybil Shepard it's like lighting. a
3: big joke now <laughs> that those few seasons just look so horrid like why is
1: everyone so washed out right?
3: <laughs> like they just turned up the f- the glare like the f- I was gonna flare they turned up the flare maybe it was a flare <laughs> also she's adorable yes totally adorable we also meet queen bee ho
1: we don't see a lot of her
3: we don't it sets it up like we're going to yeah i think her talking backstage at a performance is very important because it brings out alberic's feelings about doing drag queen B talks about how she's the same person in drag out of drag it is her And that's when Alberic's like, oh, yeah, it's like an alter ego. And then he talks about how when he realized it was his alter ego, it changed things for him. She was kind of integral in that story for him, I feel like. She is very femme. She is very pretty girl. These are (laughs) – I'm using Paris is burning categories (laughs) right now. She is feminine realness, total package, just like Ivana – you're not going to clock them. you just not. Now we would call them fishy.
1: I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's a
3: drag term for like a girl who looks like she really have a vagina.
1: You're so well-versed. She's fishy.
3: <laughs> drag
1: culture and the vernacular.
3: Just, I mean, Very well-versed, impressive. obsessed. I don't know. It's all the same. So at the end of the documentary, we do see April packing bags. The whole dollhouse is packing April. We see April going off to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. And like I said, she did it. She was there. Now she is booking all over the world. Cause that's just how you do. If You go on RuPaul's Drag Race, you're set. You can get bookings wherever you want and they deserve it. Anyway, Samantha. Samantha is a transgender woman who has had a rough time trying to transition.
2: When I was like 18 years old and I started hormones, I wanted to become a, a full woman from head to toe overnight. And that's not the way it works. After doing the black market um, hormone therapy, I went through a lot of bad things.
3: Basically she was hurting herself because she wasn't going to a doctor who was giving her tests and making sure that she was regulated with the right amounts of hormones and what she needed and...
2: It's not a healthy thing. Um, you, can, you're, you can mess up your liver and uh, you can even get cancer. It all depends off how bad you're doing the hormones.
3: Super side tangent for just a second. This actually reminded me of something that I was watching. I cannot remember now what it was. They were talking about butt implants. Ooh, and these ladies yeah. were going, no, not butt implants, injections. And these ladies were getting these illegal butt injections. Like in their
1: apartments kind of deal?
3: Like people come into your house just like injecting mm-hmm. you. And I know people who do this, like people will get Botox, like have somebody who'll come to their house and do Botox. We're a mess. So we're back Yay. after a very long.
1: It was just a coughing spell. Just a coughing just a, spell. It lasted for about a week. <laughs> 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 it happens.
3: Yeah, yeah. But you're feeling better. Yes. Yes. And we're back again to finish talking about Mala Mala. When we left off, we were talking about Samantha, who had been taking hormones.
1: Without any sort of actual real doctor supervision.
3: Yes, and you know, talking about how it was kind of messing her body up. It wasn't regulated correctly. So her body was changing, but not necessarily in the ways that she expected it to or wanted it to. And so I think she kind of backed off of that at a point. But part of the side effects of this was that it affected her sex
2: drive. Like for example, my sex drive went away and I was in a relationship. So just imagine the nightmare. Of not being able to please your partner because you want to become a woman, so
1: And she was in a relationship with someone. She didn't mention whether or not they were still in the relationship together. She
3: didn't, but she did talk about how it strained the relationship quite a lot. And so I, I feel like it's kind of implied that ended, they weren't it, together, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Shit, it's hard to find somebody to love no matter what your situation right? is. And if she was going through a transition and had somebody who was sticking it out with her, it just seemed like there were other problems right. caused by this that maybe ended that relationship.
1: Cause I got to tell you, real talk, lack of sex. It's not necessarily a deal breaker in a, in no. a long term relationship. Like no, not a you go through term spells. Like we know, like it, it's just the reality of that's what like, life happens. And
3: if you've been with somebody for longer than a decade, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not happening every day. Right. But, but we if don't this know, was a newer relationship. Yeah, that's we true. don't know the circumstances. And we also she don't know how
1: long of a dry spell we're talking about here like it's one thing to not just have not have the time
4: mm-hmm. or
1: just be tight, like the normal stuff but to just not have any interest in it at all which is what it sounds like it was with her. It's more of an intimacy thing, yeah. not anything else.
3: And then there's all the other emotions that people put behind sex in that relationship. Like if you don't want to have sex with me, does that mean that you don't actually really love me or you don't like me or don't want to be around me? And that can become so quickly, very huge and lead to other things or cause other things. Where did we kind of end with Samantha? She moved to Nashville.
1: Yeah. I had forgotten about that the first time I watched this documentary, but yeah, I'm wondering if I mean, this documentary was what, 2014, I believe. So, I wonder if she's still here.
3: She could be. Yeah.
1: Nashville's actually a pretty small town. Like if you really want to get into the as far as like the gay community or sure. the trans community, it's a really, really small town. Kind of surprised in the circles that we run in that we have not actually come across her.
3: It makes me think that maybe she's not performing, or at least if she's not performing, she's not performing actually in Nashville. Yeah. There's a lot of drag shows around Clarksville, different places, these are suburbs. Or I guess Clarksville's not a suburb; it's a city, about forty-five minutes away. A city, really? I mean, I went to college there. <laughs> a, a town. A, it's
1: a it's a college town. It's a col- it is and a, it's a definitely town. a college town and a yeah. military
3: town. And there's quite a few drag shows going on up there on the regular. So there's all kinds of places around too. Yeah. Even if she's not frequenting these big clubs, and she could have moved on to somewhere else.
1: Sure. You never know. Yeah, it's been it's been some years.
3: One person who who I thought was super fascinating, was Pax.
1: Yeah, I was interested in the fact that I honestly was expecting the documentary just to focus on male-to-female transgender. Right. And I was really pleasantly surprised that they actually included a female-to-male in there as well.
3: I think part of the reason they didn't have more of that and more of a presence consistently through the movie was Pax actually talked about how there's not that many transgender men in Puerto Rico. There's not really the support Pax has a girlfriend. I see him as a guy.
4: I see what he wants me to see. And every time he's comfortable with himself and he dresses up nice and um, I see a hot guy.
3: And she was so sweet talking about how, you know, she sees him dressed up just looking like a handsome guy. Right. Yeah. She thinks of him as a man. But he has all these issues being where he is and also transitioning into male is more difficult surgery wise. He talks about that a lot about how it's a much more invasive yeah. surgery to create a penis where there is none. Cause
1: they have to actually take like remove skin from other places on your body.
3: Yeah. I think, I think he said either like forearm or leg leg. Yeah. Thigh, thigh yeah. area.
4: If I woke up and, and, and I had a beard Oh, that would be fucking awesome, dude. I-, I would like to wake up also without n- none of this. Because you know, it would be kind of weird, though. So because said bearded lady del silco, cabrón. And I don't want that shit.
3: He also talked about how he hasn't had his top surgery yet. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know that phrase, that's basically just breast reduction, removal, mm-hmm. so that you have a flat chest. He hasn't undergone any surgeries yet. There's a very complicated, uncomfortable process of basically bandaging his breasts down so they don't show. He's very well endowed, and so yeah, that's yeah. very difficult for him.
1: He lives in Puerto Rico; like it's hot. Yes. And he's like, and that at that point he's wearing three or four layers of things that day just to try to cover all that up. I mean, I guess it's I, I guess it's the same thing. It's it's kind of tantamount to tucking. Yeah, um, absolutely.
4: That's not comfortable. Yeah. Mira cómo este mundo, este mundo está tan crazy that if you are a genetically born man, it's so much easier to get changed into a, a woman, the woman that you've wanted to be. And you see all these trans girls getting um, estrogen, and oh my God, they become so pretty, like their face is so soft, and you want a pussy? <laughs>
1: to the states pax if you haven't done it already you should come to the states
4: you can hang out with us yeah
1: totally come hang out that recurring dream he has about walking on the beach just with no shirt oh yeah like and people not staring at him yeah which is such a i guess that's something i kind of take for granted i think all guys take for granted
0: Mm -hmm. being able
1: to just walk around i mean personally i think everyone should be able to walk around with no shirt on but that's (laughs) that's a whole different podcast whatever (laughs) our hangups in this country about that stuff oh god but it's just one of those things I never really even thought about, like just the freedom to be able to walk around on a beach with no shirt on and not draw any attention or anything that made me think about – I that's not something I ever really gave any thought to. Yeah. Basically, so
3: Makes sense. The last sort of chapter of this documentary is the women coming together to form an activist group called BTF. It's the Butterflies Trans Foundation is what I wrote down. I hope that that's correct. The sort of head – Folks, it seems to be there's like six or seven women, mm-hmm. and Sandy's there, and Ivana's there. Who else?
1: They seem. Uh, I think those are the only two. We the know. two that we've actually followed through the course of the documentary, yeah.
3: right? But it's other transgender women, and they basically Sandy sort of says to Ivana at some point, "Yes, you're doing things, but you're not doing the things we need." Yeah, you're bringing us condoms, and you're going on these talk shows, and you're t- trying to make people understand. That you are a real woman, right. and that trans women are real women, but it's not what really we need to
1: the root of the problem really. exactly.
3: What we need is equality, what we yeah. need are rights. and so they come together in this group, and we see them lobbying for a bill mm-hmm. that will give them equal access to employment because it is one of those places in Puerto Rico. and also, I saw a commercial the other night that says there's still thirty states in the u s who can Deny you like medical benefits. I don't know how that goes for employment in the U.S., but based on like sexual orientation,
1: that's not surprising to me, considering that there are states just around the corner from us trying to make it so that a woman who miscarries after uh, I just found out about this today, apparently or I don't last know about night. This one, <clears throat> you know, they're trying to pass all these abortion. I know laws the abortion laws, crazy yeah. laws, and. I haven't had a chance to look to fact check this, but Schleen, my wife, came into the bedroom last night very upset because she had heard that I think down in maybe Alabama or Georgia, they were trying to pass this law that basically says if a woman finds out that she's pregnant, say she's a smoker, she finds out she's pregnant, she quits smoking, and then two weeks later she miscarries. She could be held liable. Oh my god! For the, like, like again, I have not had a chance to fact check this, but based on the stuff that I've heard on the news the past couple of weeks about all this, it wouldn't be surprising to me if that were an actual thing they're trying to get passed right now. So yeah, I am not surprised. Like yeah. the federal stuff is great, but it's still the state level stuff. Yeah, that's causing so many problems.
3: Ugh. So they go in and they're all very nervous, but their whole point is, and Ivana's kind of coaching them because she's been mm-hmm. in the spotlight more than they have. Their whole point is, we are women, just like any other women. We are people, just like all the rest of you. And we deserve equal chance at employment.
1: Yeah. And respect.
3: And, and to respect. to be treated
1: as a freaking human being, just like anybody else.
3: Absolutely. And it works. Yeah. They got the bill passed. Bill 238, which prohibits employment discrimination based on gender identity or sexuality. Which is amazing. It is amazing. I was so proud of them. <laughs> I didn't cry during this documentary because I feel like there was a good balance of just realness and yeah. also joy. Even in, there were times obviously that were sad and people talking about harder times they'd gone through or maybe were going through at that moment. But it was a really good balance to kind of give you a level Picture of these people's lives.
1: I like the fact that it didn't seem to have. There wasn't really a lot of spin on this documentary to me. Like it felt like it was. It was really just trying to show you these individuals, like a snippet of these individual lives, and without trying to delve because it could very easily go into the old the trope of these sad sex workers who can't get a job anywhere and just all of that. It could very easily dip into that. But even that, it approached in a very sort of matter of fact kind of way like this is what we do this is the job yeah this is also the other things that we do like trying to make things better for our community yeah here on this island that's really cool like people don't think of sex workers as being politically minded and thinking about moving forward and how to increase their rights it's not something people think of when they think of a sex worker so yeah i appreciate them showing like multi-facets
3: yeah that was Great. And just speaking to the type of documentary, this is, like you said, this sort of slice of life documentary that we've covered a few times has become my favorite type of documentary. I don't really like the spin. Yeah. Most people have a hard spin or it's an investigative thing where they're trying to convince you of what they think happened. Or even if you're telling the story, you still can kind of lean harder into one way or the other. For example, the Ted Bundy tapes didn't really get into all the terrible things he did. So watching that, you might think like, oh yeah, I mean, I know he did bad things, but like he was a cool guy, right? Like it's (laughs) crap sometimes, you know, when people have points of view that they're trying to push upon you. And this really didn't feel like that at all. It just felt like here's what's going on with these people.
1: I feel like a good documentary approaches the subject matter as a journalist, presenting you the information and letting you sort of decide on your own without mm-hmm. trying to push you or sway you in one direction or another.
3: Unbiased. Yeah. 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 So, real quick before we go into what already feels like our ratings. Right.
1: I know. Yeah. We did kind of fast just forward on that.
3: Do the end credit catch up on what happens to everybody. Yes. I don't know if we've mentioned some of this. I don't think we did, but in just looking at my last page of notes, part of the reason that PAX is having an issue is PAX can't get testosterone in Puerto Rico.
1: Gotcha.
3: So now PAX is non-binary. It's kind of approached at the beginning of this that Pax is a male, but Pax is really they. Pax is, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not a boy or a girl. I'm non. So that's where Pax is now. April goes to RuPaul's Drag Race. April carry on. We talked about that. She was fourth to go home, but did a good showing. I kind of want to go back and watch those episodes (laughs) again, now that I've seen this documentary to have that extra little bit about her watching it.
1: And now she's like traveling. Oh yeah. She's doing it. Yeah.
3: All around the world. The ladies of BTF form a March for Equality. That's kind of how we're going out on the end of this. Is this March for Equality that they all get together. The lady mayor of San Juan comes and speaks. That was so great. At their rally. Yeah.
1: That was really awesome.
3: It was beautiful. Just saying, Hey, we accept you. Yeah. And there's no reason for us to not accept anyone. So three months later, We jumped to Sandy got a job with the government.
1: Very happy for her.
3: I know. She's in her car on her way to her first day of working at public housing, which is amazing. Alberic retired his drag persona and became a corporate lawyer. (laughs) I may have mentioned that earlier as well. Pax and the girlfriend have a food truck.
1: Did we ever get her name?
3: No, I don't think so. Okay, if we did, I didn't write it down. I feel she like She was we a sweetheart. Didn't. She
1: was. I liked her.
3: But yeah, they have a food check now. Sophia.
1: She wrote oh. a book. She finally wrote her book, didn't she? Well, am I thinking of the same person?
3: No, you're thinking of Soraya. Yes. Is that how you say her name? I think so. Yeah. She wrote a book.
1: Yeah. Sophia, Sophia opened, a club. opened a club. I was like, "Go, yeah. Sophia!" She was like up in the club. <laughs> Dancing up into I the club it that she owns. So much.
3: <laughs> yes. That's also when we find out that Samantha moved to Nashville. I bet
1: Sophia's probably getting laid now.
3: <laughs> oh, working in the club?
1: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
3: Hell yeah, she is. I hope she is, if that's what she wants. Yes. I hope that she's getting whatever it is. Because that, that she last wants. clip
1: they showed, she was dancing with some pretty boys. So I'm just saying. Yeah,
3: definitely was. So, Akil. Angela. We do not kill people. No, we don't do that either. No, we don't. We also do not rate things in a star rating scale. We rate things in a Hertzog rating scale.
1: It hurts sog.
3: It hurts <laughs> sog.
1: Dad jokes. I was going to Dad say. jokes. We got lots of dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so you're going to give this one through five Hertzogs. I'm going to give it one through five Hertzogs. We're going to smush them together, have the best out of 10 Herzogs. Okay. Akil, what did you think about this documentary?
1: Uh, Well, like you said before, we already kind of delved a bit <laughs> <laughs> into our opinions You're kind of supposed to say for the end but whatever on the whole i I really enjoyed it i one I thought that a lot of it was beautifully shot, like some of the some of the imagery like there's I remember there's one scene where oh, I can't remember who it is at night there on the a car or Mm
3: -hmm. it's sandy is it
1: sandy and yeah it's like the lights of the like the neon lights of the streets and like all the because you know puerto rico's very vibrant place and just like all the lights are just sort of shining on her and it's not even it's not done in slow motion or Mm -hmm. anything it's just it's just a very quiet beautiful shot of her at night and there were lots of little things like there's one of albert in the bathtub Oh, I love Albert in the bathtub, wearing his little red speedos, rolling around in
3: the bubbles.
1: Um, There's just visually, there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that that really stood out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned earlier at the beginning the the one drag queen who like tears her wig off and just like jumps across the stage, dives and and we never even met her. Never met her. She's
3: just part of that world.
1: You just get this real. The the director gives you a really good look at that world. Mm um in Puerto Rico cuz it's not one of those I personally you know didn't really know anything about the the trans life or the drag life or anything in Puerto Rico like Mm-mm. it's not one of those things you hear about at all so they kind of, those images sort of gave you some insight. It really made me want to go to Puerto Rico yeah. and like hang out at these places because they look really cool. Like we said before, I like the fact that it was very much a slice of life. You never saw the director, which is always a good thing for me. I pretty much never want to hear the director or see the director for the most part when I'm right. watching a documentary because it instantly becomes more about them than about what the subject is mm-hmm. when that happens. So I really appreciated that. Good job of picking the people they selected to give us a look at, we're all very different. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of dealing with similar things, but in their own ways and coming at it from different places, um, different generations, different mindsets. Um, and so it kind of gave you the sense that there's no right or wrong way to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think we tend to get sort of caught up in that. Everyone sort of thinks that their way is the way it should be. And if you disagree with me, even though we both essentially want the same things. Right. It's just sort of a thing that we've fallen into, the tribalism um, in the past 10 years or so in this country. I really liked it. This is my second time seeing it. The first time I saw it, there were some parts I got a little, little, little misty-eyed, sure. I'm not afraid to admit. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, 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 it made me more curious about, I really want to find out where all these people are right now. It's yeah. been five years since this documentary came out. And I'm really curious to see where they are in their lives um, and where Puerto Rico is right now with yeah. with, with, with the laws they pass and how I know they've been going through some shit with the Hurricane and they're still trying to recover from that and like how that's impacted all of this and um it just made me want to know more which I mm-hmm. think it's kind of the job of a documentary to encourage you to go out and seek more knowledge on whatever the documentary is presenting to you so I think the job was well done in that respect so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it four nice I'm gonna give it four Hertzogs okay yeah.
3: I agree with most all of what you said i mean i don't have anything i disagree with what that you disagree you said. with Angela? listen i agree that this was a great documentary <laughs> i love this i remember the first time that you saw this because you immediately told me you have to watch mala mala yeah and i didn't and but it always been something that was on a list of things i needed to watch i keep kind of a running list in my phone of documentaries people tell me about you crack or me up with your phone things your i need to watch
1: <laughs> For those people out there, it's the most adorable thing to watch when you tell Angela about a documentary she needs to watch because she immediately pulls out her phone. She's like, hold on, I have to put this on my list. And it's not even like a cue; It's an actual list that she keeps on her phone of documentaries that she's going to watch at some point. So it, it just cracks up every time she does it.
3: I mean, anyway. that little notepad's there for a reason. You got to use it. What better use? I also have a list of Brian and Bobby and I's top 10 superheroes in that list.
1: I have to take a look at that after this episode. (laughs) That's
3: one of those late night, who's your favorite? (laughs) Who do you love the most? Like I said, and not to repeat myself too much, this is my favorite type of documentary. I love just getting a window into someone's life. These were the most interesting people. I do want to know also where they are now. What's going on with them? Are they okay? Did PAX come to America? Is Sandy still working? Did she and her boy stay together? You know? Yeah, yeah. The Butterfly Foundation is still going. Butterfly Trans Foundation, when I looked it up, it seems to still be going, but I'm going to read more about that after as well. I need to say something about ratings. And when we did the Matthew Shepard documentary, I rated it really high. I tend to rate things really high when they are emotional for me. Mm -hmm. And that was very emotional for me. I gave it sort of a higher rating than the film itself warranted. But I can't take it back because yep. that's not how that works, right? And I, I do think emotionally and importance-wise, it is important. And it really did touch me. And I think a lot of people, everyone, should see it. But this one, I'm actually going to give the same score to for very different reasons. It did touch me, but it made me curious. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And it was well put together. And in this instance, this isn't a rating that is going on emotion. This is a rating rating going on Compared to other things I've seen, and compared to just how beautiful and interesting and intelligent this film was, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Nice. So, your 4 plus my 4.5 makes it an 8.5 documentary.
1: It's a very respectable score. I
3: think that's a really good score. I think it's a well-deserved score. Concur. I really think folks should watch this i do too i know that's not the last time i'm gonna watch it i'm sure i will watch it it already
1: (laughs) right (laughs) the biggest thing that struck me was that it treated everyone with such respect yes and like it was not exploitative at all which we've seen a lot of those kinds of documentaries Mm -hmm. um but it really treated them with the respect that they deserved and it forces you to see them as as human beings which yes Obviously, for you and me, is not an issue, but for other people who might already have this pre-determined idea of what a trans person is, like it, it forces you to look through all that, yeah, to push that aside, and if it accomplishes nothing else, like that, to me is what makes it so worthwhile to watch.
3: I wish it was a more accessible documentary.
1: Yeah I'm actually I'm, I was pleasantly surprised it was still on Netflix because I told you about this documentary a while ago it's, it's been on there for a minute.
3: I couldn't find it on Netflix. We rented it oh, on so it Amazon Prime. Oh it wasn't on Netflix Prime. I
1: did not realize that.
3: We rented it on Amazon Prime.
1: Okay so I guess it's off Netflix now.
3: Yeah so that's okay. It wasn't that expensive. It's well worth the $3.99 yeah. or $2.99 that we paid for it. So if you have three bucks Forgo that coffee. Right. Rent this movie. That
1: shitty Starbucks <laughs> coffee that you know tastes like ass. Why do you pay so much money for that? I don't understand it.
3: This movie is so much better than that cup of coffee. Yeah. So just do it. Just watch it.
1: And it won't give you diarrhea.
3: No, it won't. <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> okay. So once again, Mala Mala. Directed by Antonio Santini and Dan Sickles from 2014. Don
1: Rickles. No. <laughs> I wish it was Don Rickles.
3: It would have been a different movie. That would have been a different movie. I've never movie. seen the side
1: of Don before. <laughs> <laughs> the softer side of Don Rickles. Ikeel. Angela.
3: Thank you for recording this with me two times. Yes. I appreciate it thank very much. Thank you for much. giving me
1: time to recover. No I worries. That. I'm
3: glad you're better. I'm glad we did this. Hopefully, maybe someday my husband will come home, and you guys can record again together.
1: Well, you know, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, <laughs> oh, he doesn't. I mean, i just no. being real. I mean,
3: I mean, I guess
1: life goes on, Angela. You can't. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. You can't live in the past. You can't do all the past. You have to be able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and just get on with your life. We're gonna hope for the best. We're gonna hope he makes it back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he'll finish providing whatever pleasure to that bee, which I'm pretty sure oh, is what's right. going on.
3: Oh, huh. right. Yeah. That, that, that was the weirdest voicemail so far.
1: Hey, man, we're running low on uh, <laughs> pollinators right now, so he's doing what he can, maybe for the cause. I was not aware scientifically that that was something that would help increase the <laughs> bee population. Or
3: that it would have anything remotely to do with the podcast Illuminati. We don't know. Maybe that's what Tony McElroy is doing. Maybe he's a beekeeper.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? We need beekeepers.
3: So, again, Podcast Illuminati, if you're listening to this.
1: Please send Bobby back.
3: Please send Bobby back. I know I sound jokey. I really miss him. I do, too. It's not the same without him.
1: I miss the big lug.
3: (laughs) All right. So, once again, everybody, happy Pride Month. Yes. We love you. Love each other. Thank you for listening.
1: Love is love is love.
3: Is love is love. Keep on docking. Well, and Sophia does that too, not to that extent, but she talks a lot about passing. She
1: talked. <laughs> that was brilliant. We have a third host, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think your stomach really has something to say.